Thanks for joining us for this podcast. I invite you to visit our website, churchatwellington.com, where you can find more information. If you're in the Little Rock area, our church is located just off Chanel Parkway on Wellington Village Road. We would love to meet you and have you come to worship with us. Enjoy this message. I will be brief, so you must listen quickly. If you uh, go to the Version app uh, um, on your phones, if you want to take notes there, follow along there. Um, it's, a, it's not even an outline. It's just three pieces of Scripture for you. I've titled this portion of the message, Believe the Love and Love to Believe. You missed it last Thursday was Valentine's Day. Oh, snap. Now everyone's got it. It's the day that we set aside for, for the day of valentining. I don't know if that we can even make that a verb or not. But we, a lot of times, will say things like, I love pizza. Or I love the Cowboys. We might say I love the Razorbacks, but that's probably not a popular thing right now. I love to go long walks on the beach and the sun kissing my face. (laughs) However you want to say it. That's probably enough, right? You get it. The the reality, though, is, is we should probably say I like these things. Now, I'm not going to reprimand you if you continue to say, I love these things, but but there are qualifications for love. Look at this uh, first passage right here. It's in 1 John chapter number 4. Now, if you want to read the whole thing, it's verse 7 through 16, but I'm just going to read 7 and 8 and then 16. Look at this real close. It'll show up up here. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. Makes sense, doesn't it? There's a command or an instruction here for us to love each other because or for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. We've heard that. We know that. We get it. We understand that all all of the time. And skipping all the way down to verse 16, there's some more in there that uh, um, in your own study you should read that in between verse 8 and 16. But skipping to 16, he says, and we um, have known and believed the love. It's where we get the story. It's where we get our theme for the month, believe the love, that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Um, there's not any of us in here that would say, you know what? I really don't want to abide in God. We wouldn't say something like that. That would be silly, right? Well, of course we want to do that because we're here. We're, we're, we're here in his house. We're here to worship him. We're here to, to listen to him and stuff. We absolutely, we want to abide in God. We want, when we walk out the doors, we want God to go with us, inside of us. We sing the song from the time we're little kids, and he's down in my heart, or Jesus come into my heart. We get the concept that we want God to abide inside of us. That's a great concept. Now, let's put it in this perspective of love because that's the perspective right here we find in 1 John chapter 4. God expresses his love. It was made, uh, um, some of those verses that that we didn't read, he said it, it was manifest toward us when he sent Jesus to become our propitiation. It's a great word, just simply means he uh, died on the cross for us and become the place of our punishment he become the sacrifice for us. That's what his love is all about. Now, skip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You've heard this before. You've known this before. I like lists. Anyone with me? 
I like to make lists because lists make things very clear. I am convinced if we know the rules, then it's easier. We can at least decide whether we're going to follow the rules or not. We can play the game, right? But if we don't know the rules, it makes the game very difficult. This is not a game. This is Christian life. So we've been instructed that we are to love one another. So if we have a list, at least a partial list here, of how we are to do that. So we have a list of the qualifications for what qualifies for love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I will start in verse number 1, several verses. Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long, it's kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And the beginning of verse number eight says, love never fails. So we have then this list. Now, if we apply it to my opening statement, I love pizza. I'm not envious of pizza. I'm not prideful about pizza. I'm not very often rude about pizza. Pizza does not provoke me. When I eat pizza, when I look at pizza, I don't think evil thoughts. I guess on occasion I have been to a pizza place and thought, man, I'd like to go over there and take that piece of pizza from that guy because ours is getting to the table too slow. That's the impatience thing. Pizza doesn't bear all things, believe all things, hope all things. Okay, so my, my statement, I love pizza, does not hold up to the qualifications of love, right? But yet we here we have this instruction that we are supposed to love each other, and this is the list of qualifications. Often we find in the Bible, we, we read through the Scriptures, we find that these instructions that God has, has written down for us, or had written down, men write down this for us, they seem impossible. Just so we'll understand this, God does not have love. He is love. Very important to what I'm getting ready to say. God is love. It is built into him. Okay? Let me take you back to Genesis just for a second. Go on to that next verse. Yeah, Genesis 126. You know the creation account, there it is. He's saying, let there be fish and, and you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he, he turns to the Son and the Spirit, and he said, let us make man, look at this, in our image according to our likeness. Our image is his image. Our likeness is his likeness. God is what? All right, we got to say that out loud. God is, and we are made in his likeness. We are made in his image. So if God is love, then we have the capacity to carry out 1 Corinthians chapter 13 built into us. Would everyone agree? 
Am I, am I misusing or mishandling Scripture here? Then why do you not? Oh, there's the question of the day. Now, this is not a shame on you because all of us struggle with some of these things, right? You ever run across those people, and I'll use my famous line here, uh, run across those people, you want to just walk up and punch them in the throat? That is not indicative of 1 Corinthians 13. I see you smiling, Carmen. She's more sneaky than that. I'm just a little rough around the edges. There's times when we become envious. Lord knows there's times when we are self-seeking. Anyone want to confess for your neighbor right now? Go ahead and say, baby's talking about you. (laughs) There's times when we don't put up with each other. There's times when we don't believe what is the best. There's times when we don't endure very well. And this list that is laid out for us becomes problematic. See, the deal is we are created in God's image and likeness, but we're not God. As long as we are struggling with our flesh, that self-seeking, narcissistic me-ism is going to rise up and bite us in the tongue most of the time. We're going to say things that we know we shouldn't say, but we're going to say them anyway because our flesh is screaming out these things that do not qualify for this list of love. And instead of love, we hear and say hateful things. Our thoughts. Yeah, I would, this would be a lot easier if the Bible didn't say God knows our thoughts, wouldn't it? If all we had to do is not say it, we would at least be halfway there. Is anyone with me in the room? Okay, some of you going, okay, maybe 33% of the way. But God knows even the thoughts and intents of our heart. Doggone it. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions are to reflect this list of loving other people. This is how we're supposed to think about others. This is how we're supposed to talk to others. This is how we're supposed to to act toward others. This is the list. Anything we do outside of that list, then, is not of God. It must be of? Thank you, the devil. Y'all didn't want to say his name out loud. I'm okay. I'll do it. If it's not of God, it's of the devil. Okay, you will admit, hopefully you will admit, you got problems fighting this fight in between good and evil, between God and the devil sometimes. Let me see your hand. Come on. There's five of us in the room. The rest of you are because you just lied about it. It's a battle that we all have to face because we're still flesh. We're still carnal. We still are this fallen mankind redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. But as long as we still got are covered in this flesh, then we have this fight that's going on inside of us. I do really good until I get out on the freeway. There's one guy, Pastor. He turns off of Ferndale Cutoff. He turns off. I'll come sit with you for a second. He comes and he turns on, onto Colonel Glenn off of Ferndale Cutoff. 
It's a nice car. I know it'll go over 20. I know that. But it doesn't. We are never way early coming into town. Never. I don't need him driving 20 miles an hour in front of me. Most of the time, I don't say anything out loud. But if the Lord knows the thoughts and intents of my heart, Now, some of you guys don't fight that battle. My precious wife is the other driver. As a matter of fact, she was going down the freeway, going to work, and one of her work associates got behind her, and this is his quote, she even drives like a Christian. I don't think that was a compliment. Your battle may not be going down Colonel Glen or across 630 or something, but you have another battle that you face, and you don't want to bless people. You want to bless them out really good. I have the, I have the vocabulary to really, really dress somebody down and never swear. It's all legal words, but my uncle would call it wood cussing. You slam the door. You get right up on their bumper. You flash the lights at them a few times. I didn't say any swear words. But let them touch those, let them tap those brakes, and this brush guard will push them right off the street. Just being honest. I don't know how you work in a restaurant industry. I'd be spitting in people's food all the time. Oh no, that's awful. I've never worked in a restaurant. It's okay. Because I've sat at the other tables listening to some of them folks. If I, if I was a cashier at Walmart, I'd be on the post office wall. You know what I mean? I'd come across that counter. You won't see a bag? I'll put you in a plastic bag. Couldn't do it. People test my patience. Not rude. My word. I, that would be the first one on this list I would blow. Not rude. God called me to be a preacher. Good grief. <laughs> How many times I have to bite my tongue doing this job? Sometimes what I want to say is if you just get saved, all your problems go away. If you just be a Christian. All right. We want to act like a Christian. We're supposed to love each other. We've got to do this list. So now we don't have any excuse because we're made in God's image. The only thing we have is this fight. The guy that wrote the list is the same guy who said, every day I got to crucify my flesh. It's okay to say, God, would you help me be loving toward others around me? But it's not God's job to do this for us. It is our job to crucify our flesh and act like a Christian. My question for you today is very, very simple. It's probably one of the shortest sermons you'll ever hear me preach. Very so I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to get ready to close. Those of you who are followers of preachers and outlines, you notice I didn't even have an outline? 
not a stated one anyway. I got a purpose. Here's the question. Which of these, and this is where I should say check all that apply, do you need to, number one, repent of, and number two, do better at? Because I believe this, church, today God is calling us into account for our own actions. So I stand up here, and I'm calling you out. How do you need to think, act, speak differently according to God's word? Church, we're coming to a time, and this is where I get to my closing now. So that was the pre-closing. Now I'm in closing, just so you'll know. The church is coming into a time where the, the standard is going to be separated more and more. You either are a believer, you're either in the church, or you're obviously not in it. Have you not noticed this in the news? I mean, when, when reasonable men and women can, can vote and say it's okay to kill a baby even after it's born. And these, these are not uneducated idiots. They're just godless. Because abortion doesn't fit on this list either. But that's not the only problem in our society, guys. Our society right now has become filled with hate, which is the absolute opposite of love. And if you cannot see the spirit at work here, then you are spiritually blind. And I say, open your eyes. And today I call you, the church, into account for how you do love. And it doesn't have anything to do with little red hearts full of chocolates. Just like Easter doesn't have anything to do with, with pastel-colored eggs and bunny rabbits. Love doesn't really have much to do with cute little hearts and nice romantic dinners. It has to do with how we act toward each other. We're made in his image, so let us act like it. What are your thoughts? What are your actions? What are your attitudes that right now you need to talk to God about? Just for a second, let me take you back. And this is the final closing, okay? Just so you're keeping up. Because in just a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you time to come and pray. The command is that we love one another. The reasoning is because God has loved us and God is love. So we have no excuse for not doing it. But the, the same word that says that also says that Jesus didn't come to condemn us. But he came to redeem us. He came to change us. He came to purchase us back from our sinful nature.
And when we get saved, we no longer are bound or we are no longer a slave to those sinful ways. So if we are no longer a slave and we have built into us the image and likeness of God who is love, and we have the list whereby we can easily evaluate ourselves. then there's just one thing to do, and that is to step up and start doing what we need to do. It is no longer sufficient for the church to say, you know what, I, I, I'm just, I got a bad temper. I, I don't know how to say it any more simple and plain than get over it. Get control of yourself. We would say that to a child, wouldn't we? You know, it just really bothers me when I see kids throwing fits out in public. You know what bothers me about it? Not the kids, but the parents. We live in a society where you can't snap them up and jerk a knot in them right now in public, right? You got to find a private place. Unless, <laughs> well, never mind. I was going to say something, but I shall not. But when I do see one of them parents snap them kids up, and just beat the foolishness out of them, scripturally speaking. I'm on the outside, I'm going, oh, that's terrible, that's terrible. But on the inside, I'm going, yes, get them again. We expect our children, tiny children, to almost act like adults. And we do not expect us as adults to act more than tiny children. Man, that is quotable right there. I don't even have that written down. Man, Alan, that should show up on Facebook somewhere. <laughs> I don't even know if I could repeat that. Man, that was good, though. But God does. I print these out. This is not the Bible, but it's just printed out in the Bible. I printed them out so I can read them. It's carry my Bible, but there's little words. Used to not bother me. Church, it's time for us to evaluate ourselves. It's time for us to repent for what we're not doing right. And it's time for us to, first of all, ask God for his help in doing this right. And secondly, it's time to determine before him that we shall. Is, is that plain enough? I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to open these altars up, and I'm going to, to say it is time for us to spend some time with God. I, I didn't even go to 12 o'clock, kids. Don't get to expect this, but I'm telling you, God has something to do. You know all the miracles that have taken place in this place? Just in these last few weeks, it's going over and over and over and over and over. I've got a, a, a teacher that is very Southern Baptist who doesn't really believe in miracles, that is having a miracle going on right now inside of her life, and she doesn't exactly know what to do with it. But from the time uh, myself and uh, one of our, our missionaries, Cody Griggs, we, um, we prayed for her. Um, she uh, has not had any, she got kidney stones bad. She's, it's, a, it's a thing that goes on and on and on. She had like 30-something of them. If you have those, those are not fun. I've not had them. I don't want to have any of those. They're bad. They're debilitating almost. And she hadn't been on any of your pain medication for over a week now. Doesn't know why her doctor's not calling her. I know why a doctor's not calling her. Because at some point, she's going to have to go back to the doctor, and he's going to tell her, they're gone. 
And they're going to have to come to the rationalization to realize what happened to them. Because if you ever had them, they don't just disappear on their own. You may pass them, but they don't disappear. It's happening over and over and over and over again. But it's not just the miracles of physical healing that we are experiencing. We are experiencing healings of hearts. And today I call you out, just like we called out some of the stuff. You may need your heart healed. You may need your heart repositioned before God because you're not loving people like you ought to. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we pray for miracles on the same status of what we are able to see with our eyes, these, the, these miracles of, of healing in, in bodies, uh, those that are around us. The testimonies, God, that we've heard. But, Father, now I'm praying for, for miracles of the heart. Father, some of us, it's just very simple. We don't discipline ourselves. We don't want to discipline ourselves. We want to be rude sometimes. Father, I ask for two things. Number one, that you would forgive us of our, our, our slackness in loving others as you, you have spoken to us. But you even tell us that people are going to know they're Christians, that we are Christians by the way that we love people. And Father, if we're not loving people, how will anyone know and how would anyone dare listen to us? Holy Spirit, convict us of what we're doing wrong Holy Spirit, bring us to the Father so that we can receive the healing in our hearts, whether it's from hurts or from baggage from the past. But then, oh God, receive our commitments today to do this right. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It's time for you to find a place to pray. Time to find, time to find a spot. You can come up around these altars, kneel at your seats, don't care. Just find a spot. Let's talk to God. I'll conclude us with a prayer in just a few moments. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support our church or ministries, visit our website, churchatwellington.com. Click on the Donate tab and select the method that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening.